Spring games start tomorrow, and there's two quarterback battles that you need to look out for. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. Day. Remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. You see it right there at the bottom of the screen. But if you don't, that means you're on the audio side of things. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to make every moment more. And today's episode is dedicated to my girlfriend. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, baby. And if I'm going to dedicate this episode, it has to be really good. Otherwise, you might not get another Locked On HBCU. But we're going to wrap it up, talk about Kenny Blakeney winning the John McClendon Award for the best collegiate basketball coach in the nation. The HBCU All-Star Game is Houston or is in Houston on Sunday. That's the best location and best date for it. Absolutely perfect. Before we get into all of the basketball, though, let's talk about my favorite sport. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about spring practice because the spring games, the culmination of a four-week practice, they start on Saturday. Every school is on a different date. Some are going to stack on top of each other, but we're going to finally get our first spring games this Saturday. And I've said it before, there is nothing that I like in a spring practice more than a good quarterback battle, a good quarterback battle. We're going to move with positivity and we're going to assume that at least one guy in every quarterback battle that we talk about is going to be good because there is nothing worse than a bad quarterback battle because you got to put one on the field. And when both of these guys look bad, sheesh. <laughs> but when I'm talking about quarterback battles, and especially when talking about spring games that are going to be tomorrow, I instantly think about North Carolina a and and I instantly think about Alcorn. I'm going to start off with the Braves because Alcorn is the more exciting one for me. It's Aaron Allen. <laughs> Aaron, I thought that was going to be way smoother. But I've never put a last name behind A.A. Ron. You're going to have some fun, though. We're talking about Aaron Allen and Tyler Macon because that's a quarterback battle between the starter from last season and then a new guy who is highly recruited. See, Aaron Allen wasn't necessarily bad to me. When I watched Aaron Allen play, I thought he was solid. You know, it was his first year. Like, I, I was okay with his performance. Now, I guess Alcorn really wasn't. Now, quarterback battles, or excuse me, quarterbacks, are something that Alcorn has been used to having at a high level. You know, I've even seen them be called quarterback you. And if you have any position, you, next to your school, just know you you go. Like, you have a situation where everybody respects what you put out on a consistent basis at that position. So maybe that standard is a little bit higher. 
especially seeing that all corner quarterbacks have been pretty good really quickly as of late. You look at Felix Harper, to me, is the best example of that. He took over for Noah Johnson, and Johnson was a guy who was the swag player of the year. Felix Harper comes in because of injury, not because he was just going to be the next quarterback, but because of injury, and Harper wins swag player of the year. We've talked about it here about how difficult it is to go from one quarterback who's great to another. They did this on accident. So I understand that the, the, the standard could be high. Aaron Allen didn't have a Felix Harper type year. And who knows if that was even really the standard that he was being held up to? Maybe it wasn't. But whatever that standard was, he didn't measure up. And this isn't me bashing him. Like I said, I thought he wasn't, like, I'm not going to say he was great, but he wasn't bad to me. But Alcorn told you exactly what they thought about his season last year when they recruited Tyler Macon. When they brought him in, it said, you know what? The SWAC West is open, and I can't put my trust in Allen to take another step. We have to have really good quarterback play. And then you bring in Tyler Macon, a guy who was top 15 in his class at his position. You bring in Tyler Macon, a guy who comes in from Missouri. And we've seen how the last two SWAC quarterbacks who came from the SEC actually performed. That's Musa, who went from Vanderbilt to FAMU, and then Davis, who went from Auburn to Alabama State. We expect him to come in and play well. And it's just interesting to me because you have a new guy who is highly recruited, somebody who people think very highly of versus your starter from last year. We're not stripping the title away, but I'll say this, whoever the best guy is is going to win and Allen's going to have some stiff competition and Macon's going to have an opportunity to show everybody he is who we thought he was coming out of high school. And speaking of last year's starters, I look at North Carolina a and because that's exactly who's fighting it out for this year's uh, starting position. You're looking at Eli Brickhandler. You're looking at Zach Yeager. You're looking at those players because those are the first and second string quarterbacks from last year. But when we think about North Carolina a and the quarterback we think about is Jalen Fowler because due to injury, he was able to come in and he was able to play for the majority of the season. And honestly, even if either one of these quarterbacks had gotten healthy, I wouldn't have replaced Jalen Fowler because I thought he was really good. I enjoyed watching his progression from somebody who had more passing attempts throughout the season. I enjoyed that. There was no place for either one of these guys. But now, North Carolina a and in a new conference. You insert Vincent Brown now as your head coach. And now you're right back because Fowler's gone. Fowler is going into whatever his next step of football will be or next step of life will be. Now you have Brick Handler and Jaeger fighting it out yet again for who's going to be the starting quarterback. And from what I hear, they both looked really good, at least at practice number 10. That's the one I was able to hear some reports about. I haven't heard much about Alcorn. But in this one, I was able to hear that both of these players looked good from somebody's perspective, right? That's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. It's like I said, man, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. So deciding who your quarterback is going to be is going to be the most important decision that you can make. I will, I will say this about QB battles and in the spring game. We'll get enamored when the numbers come out. Please pay attention to who they're doing it against. When you're looking at your quarterback, are they having a field day against the second team defense? And then when they get into the first team defense, they look like a shell of themselves. Now, if you can't watch it, hopefully the people who write about it tell you who they did this against. But that's a very important detail. 
Just because you eat up the second team defense with the second team corners and the second team safeties and the second team pass rushes so you're not having as much pressure on you. If you get to that first team and you don't look remotely like that guy, we will acknowledge that as long as we know that's important. That's important. So don't just judge it strictly off of numbers. You have to have that context around it. Were you doing this against the best of the best that your school has to offer? And going forward, speaking of the best of the best, we're talking about an all-star game. We are talking about the HBCU all-star game. It's this Sunday in Houston, Texas. And I'm going to tell you what, that's the perfect time or it's perfect, perfect day. And it's the perfect location for the game this year. We'll dive into why that's the case as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. There's no other place that I would send you. The women's Final Four is tonight. Some would say that's the better Final Four. I think I might agree. But in the men's Final Four, you also have a bunch of teams that we just didn't think were going to be there in that that unknown, that, that lack of predictability in this year's tournament is what has made this so exciting. Now, if you want to make some money on that lack of predictability, you want to make some money off of that volatility, then you go ahead and go to FanDuel. You have the point totals for the players. You have the over, under, and the spread. As many points is going to be scored total in the game. What's going to be uh, the, the, the margin of victory? You have all of that. And you can do it on FanDuel. You have the NFL draft coming up. You have the NBA games. All right. So what's going on with the Mavericks? All of these things, they're here. They're present. Matter of fact, I'm working a Stars game tonight. So go ahead and put some money down on the Stars because the NHL is almost to their playoffs too. Everything is on FanDuel. Matter of fact, if you lose your first bet, no sweat. They're going to give you $1,000 back in free bets. It's just that easy. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today to make every moment more. Don't make an easy decision hard. And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. The HBCU All-Star Game is this Sunday in Houston, Texas, and that is the perfect date, and that is the perfect location for this game. Now, there is no historical relevance. There is no historical significance to April 2nd. It's just the second day of the fourth month of this year. That's all it is, right? There's no historical relevance to this event in Houston, Texas. So when I say it's the perfect date and the perfect location, I don't want you to rack your brain and be thinking, Ah, why is it? Why is it? I'm not going to take a, a, a moment to pause and try to let you figure it out. I'm going to tell you straightforward that the date and the location itself independently don't matter. But it's everything happening around that date in that location that makes this the perfect time for it. Houston, Texas at this Houston Texans, Houston, Texas at this moment is like college basketball utopia. And when you look at everything happening in a week span at the bottom of the map, this is exactly where you want to be if you love college basketball. You have the McDonald's All-American game, Houston. You have the Reese's All-Star game, Houston. You have the Final Four, Houston. The HBCU All-Star game, Houston. You have the NCAA Tournament Finals, Houston. You have everything in Houston right now. 
Like, this is insane. And I'm going to tell you why that's so beneficial. But you look at it, all-star game, or excuse me, the McDonald's game, players going into college. Okay, that might not really affect the players here, but this is why it's a utopia. Everything after that does affect the HBCU all-star game. So you have people who are naturally going to want to see people like, oh, you got Bronny James out there. You got, you got all the best high school players coming into college. Oh, we're going to look at them. So you're already there in the middle of the week. Friday, today, you have the Reese's All-Star Game. So you have the best of the best in college basketball, right? All in Houston. Then you have the best teams in the Final Four. This is the pinnacle of collegiate basketball. This is the, 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 the moment that people wait for at the end of the year every year. This is one of the things that people have on their short list of best sporting events that exist on an annual basis. You have the NCAA Tournament Final Four and the championship game on Saturday and Monday in Houston. Then right there in the middle, you have the HBCU All-Star Game. So with all of these events that have so much importance, right? So maybe, maybe to some people, the HBCU All-Star Game isn't that big of a deal. I know that's the case to some people. But I would argue that at least three of the five events that I brought up are big deals to the majority of basketball fans. The McDonald's game is a big deal to the majority of, of basketball fans. The Final Four in the championship is a big deal to sports fans, period. That's the type of event that people who don't even love basketball are going to tune into and are going to be in town for. The commerce, the amount of money that's made for Houston, that does nothing for the All-Star game. So enough of the suspense, enough of, of setting the scene. Let's talk about why this is such a big deal. Why this college basketball utopia, this, this euphoric feeling that you get if you're a basketball fan in Houston, what does this do for the HBCU All-Star game? It's very simple. What is the point of an All-Star game? What is the point of these games? It's to showcase the best players to drive up their draft stock. That's why you have an all-star game. No matter what, every single all-star game that is collegiate is meant for that. The only difference in this one is this HBCU exclusive. That's the only difference. So it helps because you have all these events around Houston that are going to bring out the scouts. I'm pretty sure that the scouts are going to be at that Reese's all-star game. Like I feel a lot of confidence in that. And then also, don't forget, you do have Joe Bryan in that game as well. I know for a fact that the scouts are going to be at the Final Four. And I know for a fact the scouts are going to be at the championship game. That's Saturday and Monday. See, because the HBCU All-Star game is sandwiched right there in the middle of it, it's nothing to just pop your head in, stop by, and see what's happening at the event. In an ideal world, we're being idealistic right now, but in general... I feel like it's you don't have to make the choice to go out and find it. This this benefit is similar to how I thought the HBCU Combine benefited from being right next to the Senior Bowl last year. Not this year. That was with the they were connected to the Legacy Bowl, but last year they were with the Senior Bowl. And it's like, okay, all of these scouts are already going to be at the Senior Bowl. Like that's already going to be the case. It's nothing to be there a day early, maybe 2 days early depending on what your normal schedule was and just have scouts here. It was nothing. I thought it was so beneficial. And that's what you get here on probably accident. I don't know if this was a purposeful decision or if this was an accident. I don't know when, like what was scheduled in what order. But if this was an accident, it's a beautiful accident. 
Like you really just fell into something special here. And I think the convenience factor is extremely high. See, the game, the, the final four games are on Saturday. The championship game is on Monday. You probably aren't really doing anything that Sunday anyway. Just go ahead and slide down to third ward. It's easy. Like your, your hotel is probably downtown. Let's be real. Your hotel is probably downtown. Third ward is not that far from there. So why not just go? You don't have to make the conscious effort that, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go from Florida to Houston for this HBCU All-Star game. You're already in Houston. In an ideal world, hopefully this happens and it doesn't just come off naive after the fact, but in an ideal world, that should mean more scouts at the HBCU All-Star game because it's not a lot of travel involved with it. You're already there. Now, if we're talking about some of the best players let's go ahead and talk about one of the best coaches and we're talking about Kenny Blakely because he was able or excuse me Kenny Blakeney who was able to win the John McLendon award for the top head coach in collegiate basketball this year as we continue with Locked on HBCU before we get into that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar Built Bar is the number one bar on the or excuse me protein bar on the market bar none I tried to get my my wordplay off with a different cadence and I just didn't get that machine going but still maybe I needed a built bar before this ad read so that I could actually do this properly built bar is great for that built bar is good to give you energy it's good to be a pre-workout it's good for just a snack if you just want something that tastes good you know I've heard people call it a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and I think that's very accurate especially when I taste the built uh built bar puff s'mores oh you can't tell me there's so much protein in there but I checked the nutrition facts High in protein, low in sugar, low in carbs, has marshmallow covered in chocolate, but it's still healthy for you. I think that's one of the top uh, top Built Bars voted on the Built March Madness bracket. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote your favorite Built Bar. You get a chance to win a 12-month supply of Built Bars, and then you also get a free box. 50 people get a free box. You could be one of that 50. Go to Built March Madness or just go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your offer. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And then also making it all the way to segment three. Thank you two times for that. I appreciate it. And Kenny Blakeney just won the John McLendon Award, which is the award given out to the top basketball coach in the nation. And that goes for D1, D2, uh, NAIA, JUCO, D3. Like, they're all involved. Kenny Blakeney was labeled the top guy this year. And it's important, man. He's the second HBCU coach to win. The first one to win since 2012. When the Savannah State head coach won, ironically, both were MIAC head coaches. But this is a big time achievement. It kind of feels like the cherry on top for Howard. It kind of feels like Howard basketball had such a great season that their head coach getting an honor of this magnitude, this prestige. It's just like, you know what? Y'all were great. We're going to put that on top just to just to give an extra boost to how good this season was. Now, when you have to win these type of awards, you have to have success and you have to have narrative. And first off, narrative is always used negatively. It doesn't have to be. Like the the, the term narrative is not like just a, a negative word inherently. It's not. But we use it negatively. 
I'm not. I'm using it in a very positive way. The narrative attached to Ken, Kenny Blakely, Blakeney, is one of those that coincide. Fuck, man. And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, every day, and making it to segment three. Thank you two times for that. Kenny Blakeney is the John McLendon Award winner, which means he was the top head coach in collegiate basketball of all levels this year. And I thought he did a phenomenal job of winning. Winning this award, to me, is the cherry on top when it comes to Howard basketball. They had a great year, but to get an award of this prestige, of this magnitude that is national for your head coach, it was one of those things It's like, you know what? We just want to tell you how good this year was again. And that's something that you'll always have in your pocket. It'll always be special for this season, right? So for me to win this award, you always have to, or awards like this, Coach of the Year awards, Player of the Year, MVP, all of these. You always have to have success in narrative. There's nothing that says that narrative has to inherently be a negative term. But we used it like that so much. They're running with narratives. They run with this narrative, this narrative, this narrative. And we use it as, a, as a, almost an insult or a way to take away from other people. We use it poorly. But there is always a story attached to make your success more special. That's what I mean by narrative. So I mean it very positively. And for Howard, the narrative and the success went hand in hand. Because every time you look at what they did this year, it was compared to the 80s. Right. It was compared when Howard basketball had their highest level of success before this. That's 35 years ago. That was a long time ago. But you compare it to that. So when you have a successful period years and years and years ago, anytime you say it's the best sense. Just know that there's been something in between that wasn't really living up. And for me, the narrative is kind of like revitalizing Howard basketball because you look at what they were able to do. Let's let's look at some of the things they accomplished. 22 victories this year, the most since 87. Had back-to-back winning seasons for the first time since that 80, the 80s, you know, I think 87, 86. Like 1985 slash 86, then 1986 slash 87. That's the best way to say it. But back-to-back seasons with winning seasons for the first time since the 80s. You're looking at their first MEAC championship appearance since 92. Looking at the first NCAA appearance since 87, NCAA tournament appearance since 1987. Like these are all moments where it's like, man, Howard hasn't achieved these heights since 30 years ago. And Kenny Blakeney is a big reason that they were able to do this. They talk about how good he is. You hear the praise when they're playing against Kansas. You hear about how they were able to give Kansas a tough game. This is because they are a well-coached team. And also, I know recruiting doesn't directly go into this, but they recruited some really good players since he's been here. Steve Settle, Elijah Hawkins, Shy Odoms. He's recruited all of these guys. That's why the future is bright. He has a part of this. These guys didn't just recruit themselves. So Kenny Blakeney has had a phenomenal season. Howard has had a phenomenal season. And now Kenny Blakeney is the John McClendon Award winner, and that is a cherry on top of a year that should not be forgotten and won't be forgotten for a long time. I will say that 2023 felt like the revitalization of Howard basketball, and that's why he was able to win this award. Success plus narrative equals coach of the year. And I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball. Just got pod of the week. 
For us on the Locked On Podcast Network, it's everything you need around the sport in one place, wherever you listen or watch your podcast. In the meantime, in between time, I'll be back on Monday. But if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.